Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio, and I'm sure others. Thank you once again and always for joining me today. Where the Minnesota Wild last week played four games and went 3-1. and one. Not bad, eh? As I like to say. Uh, <laughs> rhyme not intended, it just came out. Uh, yeah, you're seeing a, definitely a more aggressive offensive style under uh, Coach Dean Evason. You're seeing slightly less minutes for <laughs> Ryan Studer, and you're seeing more minutes for some of the younger guys. Like Jewel Erickson is gaining a minute, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Greenway's gaining about 90 more seconds. You're not necessarily seeing more scoring from everybody, but you're seeing something. You're seeing improvement, you're seeing growth, and you're seeing Kevin Fiala bud into a star, which is what he is. Absolutely. Uh, he looks like the star that uh, Paul Fenton envisioned, the guy who flashes at times, and uh, I would say he does. Uh, the goals that he was able to accomplish this past week and his overall play has just been unbelievable or outstanding, as they might say in Canada. He's now got 51 points, 21 of them goals. He's a plus two. Obviously, he was more of a minus early in the season, but playing his day is the best player on the team and the leading scorer for the Minnesota Wild. Zach Parisi has 24 total goals, and of course, he was not traded during the trade deadline, which is fine with us, I suppose. <laughs> Preezy still provides some of that leadership and grit and all that. Four games to review, a couple of blowouts. Detroit's one of the worst teams in the league. Okay, they are the worst team in the league by far. It's a legitimate tanking one way or another. Some talented players, but no defense whatsoever, no puck control. The goaltending is suffering because of it. That's why Bernie and uh, <laughs> obviously Jimmy Howard with goals against averages in the just about four for both of them. Pretty harsh. I've never really seen it that bad in a long time. Not since the uh, NHL has a completely different game with higher goal scoring in general. So, of course, their goals against average would be high. Columbus Blue Jackets get shut out by Alex Stalock. Uh, just, and again, it was a group of players that were, mm, some of them were not really NHLers. Lots of injuries, lots of guys missing from the lineup. <clears throat> Five to nothing there. And so on and so forth. The Capitals outclassed the Wild, but not by much. But by enough. By enough to tell you that, well, maybe the Wild aren't really serious cup contenders, and that's for sure. 
despite all the percentages, like the Wilds' chances to win the Cup are like 7%. Wow, it's way above this team, this team, this team, this team, this team. Yeah, okay, we'll cool our jets a little bit. I don't know if this is a sugar high, but the style of play is more interesting right now, and it's working right now. Teams will adjust, probably, and we'll see. We all know how that works. It's a professional sport, and teams always adjust. So we'll see what happens. Again, and another uh, nice, solid win. Very entertaining game against the National Predators. So 3-1. and one. Let's jump into it as quickly as we can here. 7-1 to one win in Detroit. You know, I mean, really, what can you say about this one? It's a team that's just done. They're just done. Uh, Matt Dumbo was able to get a multi-goal game. I did predict Kevin Fiala would get a multi-goal game this week. I can't remember which game it was. I'm blanking on it. But he did have a multi-goal game this week, and he had a goal in five straight games in general. Uh, Matt Dumba, multiple goals against the Detroit Red Wings, which feels great. The fourth line for Minnesota has just been unbelievable. Again, Miko Cuevo centering that fourth line with Ryan Donato, Ryan Hardman. Ryan and Ryan and Ryan and Ryan. Ryan Saunders with the Timberwolves, and you could just go on. There's a lot of Ryans everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing, I suppose. But Cuevo, Donato... Hartman getting things going early and then getting it going again. Greg Patteron actually got a couple assists this week, which is hilarious. So finally, registering a couple points. Dumba, uh, the beneficiary of a Kevin Fiala play again, uh, getting his fifth goal and ultimately a sixth goal in the power play from Gulchenyuk. I'll never get it right, will I? Gulchenyuk. Okay, I got it right. Matt Zuccarillo with a very rare assist because he is Matt the Friendly Ghost. Matt's the friendly ghost, the friendliest ghost you'll know. As Yeah, I think uh, he deserves something last week that I didn't pass out to anybody. And he's going to get it this week, probably. <laughs> okay, there's a little foreshadowing. Julie Erickson-Ack, Jordan Greenway, Zach Parisi. Parisi's been demoted to the third line. It's actually working okay. They're, they're doing fine together, the guys out there. Parisi playing on the right side. It's with that group, with Greenway pretty much stuck on the left. Because Parisi can play right, even though he is a natural left, as we all know. Oh, half the team has guys uh, that... Half the right wingers on this team are left shots. It's just hilarious. <laughs> but some of them, again, both Fiala and Zuccarillo, prefer to be on the right side. So it, it is what it is there. So Fiala will not be in uh, Mr. Kaprizov's way. In fact, he might even play on the same line someday. Eric Stahl is 19th goal. Fiala just piling on the points one way or another. Fiala got his 18th goal of the season, making it 6-1. to one, Added another assist. He had a couple assists in this game. Fiala's just finding a way to be a part of something throughout the entire game. Anthony Mantha, the only goal scorer for Detroit, and again in this flat-out butt-kicking way, Detroit just there's just there's just nothing there. I mean, there is nothing there. Most of their shots on net were just kind of adequate, and you know, <laughs> it was just what they are. It was kind of like Minnesota against St. Louis a few weeks ago, where it was just wow. We, well, we really peppered uh, Bennington, but yeah, the shots were all from far away, so it was just putting the puck on net, which is nice and everything, but it's not always the most productive thing. Both Dumba and Fiala with three points in the game. Plus four for Dumba and Brody, and that pairing has been fantastic. Can't really complain about them at all. Even Greg Patteron was a plus two in the game, believe it or not. Definitely not one of my favorite defensemen. Again, good guy, but <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't. He's not really that good of a player, obviously. Greenway, again, rare goal on the season, only his eighth. But at least some of the guys are starting to pick, uh, pick up the pace a little bit. Jules Eriksson-Eck now has 29 points on the season. Cunning came back from his injury and scored against the National Predators. That was nice. Uh, nice to see him back. Unfortunately, Carson Soucy out uh, probably three or three or four more weeks, which is a bummer. 
Zuccarello finally at 34 points. He got a couple, and Spurgeon reached the 30-point mark. Good for him. Fiala reached the 50-point mark. Good for him. Dumba now at 24 points on the season, thanks to that three-point game. As again, he's been behind the. He's been he's been uh, he's been over par for quite a while. Let's see if we're getting back to par pretty soon, which would be great. Uh, Felino hasn't factored in the scoring in quite a while, unfortunately, but that's what you could expect. The one guy I'm kind of sad, you know, I'm sad and disappointed with right now is Jerry, uh, Jerry Mayhew, Jerry Time. And I guess, should we really be surprised? I mean, of course, again, 39 goals in the AHL. Can it translate into 10, 15 goals, 20 goals in the NHL? I don't know. Maybe he's just one of those guys. Maybe he's just one of those guys who dominates the AHL, comes up to the National Hockey League, and not a whole lot happens. He did have two goals earlier in the season during a six-game stint, but... Uh, unfortunately, in the last five games, he's been completely invisible despite playing on the top line. So, I don't know what to say. <laughs> God bless Jerry Mayhew, but I don't know what to say. Ho- hopefully, there's still a chance, but if he does play in the NHL, obviously, it's fourth line. Man, it's like a Koivu Hartman thing, but unfortunately, his spot is taken by Ryan Hartman, and Ryan Hartman deserves to be getting minutes in this league. Uh, Ryan Hartman is a legitimate NHL player. He's got nine goals. He's got 19 total points, and again, that fourth line has been freaking awesome. But everybody, and I mean everybody that knows a little bit about hockey, particularly in this town, is that Ryan Donato needs top six minutes. Uh, He needs to be in the top six because he's got some special skills that other guys don't. He's got serious special skills. Uh, Nobody is playing (laughs) less minutes than Ryan Donato for a 14-goal score in the National Hockey League. That was a statistic brought up by uh, (laughs) Michael Russo, again, one of the uh, elite reporters in this town when it comes to hockey. Of course, for the athletic there, Ryan. Uh, I just call him Ryan because everybody's Ryan. Just call him Ryan. Ryan Russo. No, I'm kidding. Everybody's Ryan somewhere. But no, uh, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Ryan Donato, though, obviously has elite skills. Uh, well, maybe not elite skills, but he's got special skills that can make him a 20-plus goal scorer in this league. Maybe 25, maybe 30 someday. Uh, he's small in stature. His back check isn't that good, but, well, it is what it is. I mean, back in the old days, guys didn't really back check at all, and that's why he had seven to five type of games. Uh, you saw a beautiful back check by Kevin Fiala against his old team earlier, or late, later on during the week. It was a beautiful sight to see, poking the puck away, and he just does a great job. Uh, Kevin Fiala has been playing a complete game now. His confidence is just off the charts. Let's move on to the Columbus game very rapidly here. Last game was the 27th. Thursday against Detroit. Now Friday, back-to-back situation, and Alex Stalock stays in net. Two games, one goal. 0.5 goals against against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Again, depleted roster, and the Detroit Red Wings. Maybe uh, Mr. <clears throat> Mr. Dean Evanson believed that uh, what's the point? You know, I mean, obviously Stalock is playing super well right now, and you know he's not facing too much danger against either one of these teams. Kevin Fiala, surprise, scores again, 19th goal of the season. Parisi did add a good number of goals this week. Actually, very respectable since his tra- uh, the whole trade thing goes away for good. Ryan Hartman would get his ninth goal in the game. Spurgeon is 11th. Spurgeon obviously now getting into double digits again. And that third line with Jules Eriksson and Jordan Greenway uh, hooking up again, which feels good. But Fiala just continuing his elite play. Like Every time he touches the puck, you got a feeling something's going to happen. It's absolutely beautiful. Alex Stalock only faces 24 shots from a depleted Columbus lineup in the Wild win 5-0. You're feeling good. Ryan Donato gets the least amount of minutes of anybody on the entire roster. Unfortunately, did not generate a shot on goal in this game because uh, they were either blocked or missed or whatever. 
And again, lack of minutes is lack of minutes. It just kind of is what it is there. Uh, Miko Cuevo continues to dominate in the face-off circle, as we know. Though some nights are better than others. Patteron got his third point of the season. Woohoo! Three assists now for Greg Patteron. <laughs> That's funny. And uh, Jonas Brodeen continuing to work on his career high in points. He may be getting 30 points this year. As his previous career high was only 25. He's already at 27. And still at that plus 16 on the season, along with his uh, teammate Carson Susie. Plus 16. Again, God rest his month, unfortunately, for Carson Susie. At the end of the day. Just another, you know, this was kind of a run of the mill. You get the feeling, wow, we're just kicking everybody's butt. But again, it's a depleted lineup. You know, it feels good that we took care of business. I mean, you don't want to lose to the Columbus Blue Jackets of the depleted lineup. You don't want to fall to the worst team in the league with Detroit, who's last place in every category. Every freaking category. Goals against, goals for, blah, blah, blah. Power plays the worst. Penalty kills the worst. They just suck at everything, uh, unfortunately. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. I feel bad for their poor coach. Oh, I mean, it's just like, oh, man. <laughs> he's You know, he has no chance. He has no chance. It's like uh, coaching the, the 0-16 Detroit Lions. You're, you're screwed. Welcome to Detroit. I guess everybody sucks in Detroit now. For now. The Detroit Tigers, they're just, oh, nah, they're not good. They're terrible. What am I saying? <laughs> they were okay a couple of years ago. The Washington Capitals come to Target Center to start off the month of March. As again, Alex Staylock remains in net in every game. And who scores for the Wild? Who, who had one of the three goals for the Wild? Kevin Fiala. That's our Alex Ovechkin, I guess you could say. Kind of. But, well, what happens every time the Wild play the Washington Capitals? Every time the Washington play the Capital, or the Wild play the, the Washington Capitals, Alex Ovechkin scores two goals or three. Well, he got two in this one. Again, that rocket uh, one-timer on the power play. It is what it is. And one up with two in this one is 44th and 45th of the season. It's a crying shame Kevin Viola didn't start the season a little better. But again, uh, was benched for a few games because he wasn't back-checking good enough. Well, I mean, he's back-checking a little better now. And sometimes it's just if a guy can score and a guy has shows the skills that he has, just put him the frick out there. And that's all you got to say. Donato and Fiala both scoring for Minnesota. Making us all feel good and special. Parisi also got his 23rd goal of the season. And who assisted on that? Kevin Fiala. Put the Wild in the game, but the Capitals dominated the puck when it mattered most. And the stops mattered as well down the stretch. The Minnesota Wild ended up losing 4-3 to to Alex Ovechkin, Holtby, Braden Holtby, and the Washington Capitals. As the Wild would get 40 shots on that. Not bad at all. But it just is what it is. It was one of those frustrating games where the Wild just couldn't get it done. This was a physical, angry game that just kept going and going and going. Tom Wilson looked like he had something personal on his mind when he scored that 21st goal of the year. That ended up being a dagger down the stretch early in that third period. He looked right at one of the Minnesota Wild players, couldn't really see. And I swear he said, like, how does it feel, you effing guys, or something like that. I could say, you effing guys. Something like that. Something along the lines. Uh, but basically like, woo, you know, he was kind of taunting us a little bit after that play. A little bit of personal <laughs> personal agendas in this game. And I don't mean it like guys are selfish. I mean, there was just a little bit of back and forth. Uh, I mean, uh, not a little bit, a lot of back and forth in this one. Uh, you'd think these were division rivals that had faced off in the playoffs like three years in a row. And we're talking bitter, bitter rivals here. And it's East versus West. And we've never played the Capitals in any series uh, ever, uh, nor did really the North Stars either. 
the Capitals were always in the Prince of Wales, if I remember correctly, <laughs> and the Wild or the North Stars were in the Campbell Conference. Though I suppose way back in the day, the Wild were even in the Prince of Wales Conference because that was a little different era way back in the day. There was some shuffling. We were in the Adams Division, and then we were in the Norris Division, going way back in the Lunani days. Lunani, the player, not just the GM, but the player, like back, back, back. So, I don't know, it gets complicated and confusing, but, yeah, it's a little bit too far back for, uh, it's a little bit too far back for us to call us uh, rivals of the Washington Capitals in any form, historically or currently, in any way. But the <clears throat> Capitals obviously still having a fantastic season, and they are very much in the mix to win the Stanley Cup, if not just the Eastern Conference, which it very much is not the Eastern Conference in this uh, in this day and age. NBA, you might say the opposite, but the Eastern Conference continues to win the Stanley Cup other than the Chicago Blackhawks the last 10 years, pretty much the Blackhawks and the Kings during their stretch. It's been East, East, East lately with Penguins, Capitals, and such at all, except for St. Louis finally breaking that streak last season. I don't know. I mean, this is one of those games where a lot of people will say, well, this kind of shows you where the Wild are. I mean, we're playing way better. We've got a legitimate star player, it sure appears to be. We would like to believe. It's been a, it's not a huge sample size, but obviously he was taken 11th overall in the draft for a reason. Uh, the skill is obvious. Th- these are goal-scoring plays that we haven't seen from, from a Minnesota Wild player since Marion Gabrick. Uh, Marion Gabrick was electrifying. He was spectacular. And Kevin Fiala is heading in that direction. Uh, different player a little bit, obviously. Kevin Fiala is a playmaker as well. He's not just a uh, goal scorer. Gabrick was more of like a natural, flat-out goal scorer who would get some assists. Fiala gets a lot of assists, and he's got the natural goal scoring ability as well. Uh, overall, just the puck handling, the skating. He's got everything you want in a player in this league to be on your top line or, heck, even your second line. Because, you know, look at teams like the Edmonton Oilers back in the old days. Look at their second line and tell me those guys aren't superstars. So, Superstars should play on any second line in any league because if it's a good second line, you're going to score anyway. You know, I mean, heck, right? heck, if you're on a good fourth line, you're going to score, as you're seeing from Donato, Ryan Hartman, and Cuevo. So that fourth line's been awesome. You can't deny it. that fourth line's been absolutely awesome. It's just, again, Donato should be a little higher up on the, on the, uh, <laughs> on the totem pole right now, and he hasn't been of late, unfortunately. But at least he's out there. At least he's not getting scratched anymore, which was... Really frustrating. Uh, because you, you know there's more to Ryan Donato than a guy that should be in the press box. Your 13th forward. I mean, he's not a 13th forward. He's not. Not on any team right now. He's not a 13th forward. Uh, it is what it is. Third line is usually bigger. Fourth line often is bigger too. But sometimes it's just young guys with older guys kind of getting their feet wet in the league. Which I guess Donato's doing. March the 3rd, a game that we had to have. We have to have this game because we're very close in the standings for that wild card, blah, 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 and the wild win. And Kevin Fiala makes it look easy. Kevin Fiala is spectacular. Remember last year when Fiala struggled coming to Minnesota and then he scored two goals against Nashville, and then after that, it was like, well, okay, well, he's, he's, a, he's a wild card. He's a chance. He's a lottery ticket for us in the future. Hopefully he can, you know, somehow, some way, mentally get past that injury with the femur and play with more confidence, this and that, well, 
He certainly has done that. <laughs> he certainly has done that, to say the least. Luke Conan returns from injury, scores early. Kevin Fiala adds one just six six minutes later, and you feel like a million dollars, eight minutes later, pardon me. And this goal was the goal to end goals for the Minnesota Wild since the Marion Gabbert case. Like, this was a goal, folks. The hesitation. And again, the patience by... <laughs> the patience as well. I was going to say Eric Stahl, but that was a different play. Eric Stahl was actually just down there. He never actually passed the puck. Ryan Suter, though, moving the puck forward, basically to Fiala. He comes up the ice, starts to stick handle, continues to wait, continues to show the patience. The Nashville defender goes down, and Fiala continues to wait, 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 until the player slides out of the way. Natural play there. Again, as the uh, Nashville defender was hoping to basically bury the puck there (laughs) from Kevin Fiala's shot, and it just wasn't meant to be. Kevin Fiala again then releases it, raises it over the defender and over Jaros. I mean, what an unbelievable play. Saros, pardon me. Lucy Saros. Lucy Saros. <laughs> an amazing play. Absolutely spectacular. You feel like a million dollars, especially after Mikhail Granlund had some glorious moments last week. A major overtime goal, which got uh, Nashville back in the picture. Granlund scoring a couple of goals in the final seconds. Uh, one in the final seconds to tie the game up and lead Nashville to victory in OT last week. Granlin was a hero in Nashville. And then Fiala with an absolutely spectacular play. The goal of the year for the Minnesota Wild This for, uh, to, to this point. Maybe he'll have an even better one coming up. We'll see what happens. But uh, an unbelievable moment. Uh, basically like, yeah, you have Granlin. He had his moments. But we have Fiala now. So there it is. There it is, Nashville. We're the ones with Fiala. You're the ones with Granlin. And it was a huge play. A spectacular play. The Wild end up passing Nashville in the standings for now, and we feel like a million dollars after that play. A lot of us are thinking, okay, this team is not a serious cup contender. What's the point? Blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. Maybe we can compete. Not for the cup necessarily, but I guess get back in the mix again. You want to get a high draft pick, but it looks like that's not happening now at the end of the day. But hey, if we wind up with 15th or something, maybe there's another Kevin Fiala there. Maybe there's a Brock Besser. I mean, there are good players in the draft that aren't taken in the top five. They're there. Identify them and take them, please. That's what we're hoping and praying for as we head forward. Uh, Just an awesome, awesome week for the Minnesota Wild. You're seeing, again, young guys step up. We're still begging for Donato to get more minutes. You're seeing Kevin Fiala become the franchise player for Minnesota right now. And this was with Kirill Coppers upcoming maybe in a month, month and a half here from the KHL to the Minnesota Wild. So if the Wild make the playoffs, maybe you'll see Kirill Kabrizov, number 97, suit up for the Minnesota Wild in the postseason, which would be pretty damn crazy. Just imagine him with Fiala. Just imagine whatever. Maybe one of them is, I mean, if they're each on a different line, then it's almost even more dangerous because you get two different lines with different players rather than cram them all in the same line, which could be spectacular, but it could also mean like you're just relying on one line all the time. If you could have two lines with two stars... Uh, two different stars. Oh my, this could be one hell of a spectacular uh, future for Minnesota, especially with other guys like Hovenov coming in in, uh, in time, hopefully sooner than later. Addison coming in to help as well. <clears throat> Which makes me feel for Brendan Mendel a little bit. Boy, oh boy, the way he's been dominating in the AHL. But Hopefully he's not Jerry Mayhew as a defenseman, racking up all the spectacular points, and then he comes up to the NHL, and 15 games later, nothing. Wow. You know, it's not quite 15 yet, but it feels like it already. 
with Jerry Mayhew, who's been virtually invisible despite playing on that top line for Minnesota. But uh, what a damn fun week. <clears throat> what a damn fun week. It's been fun to watch, regardless. And you feel hopeful for the future because Luke Cunning's scoring. Because, well, you know, it's nice to have Parise. Well, if he's going to be here, he might as well score, right? If Because he, he is going to be here. Oh, and by the way, Fiala assisted on that one as well. <laughs> he assisted on the Parisi goal as well. What a fun game to watch, though. Back and forth, entertaining game, and then you get to see spectacular plays by Kevin Fiala. You get to see Luke Cunning come back and score very early. <clears throat> He's got that no-nonsense, at least alternate captain future, I think, for Minnesota. I like that. I love Luke Cunning. I'm sure many people do. He's got at least 20 to 25 goals in his future, i got to think, and Jules Eriksson Eck frustrates everybody near him, and he's got 21 assists on the season. Don't look now, but Jules Eriksson Eck, again, he's creeping up. And again, at least, you know, Jordan Greenway's got 27 points. So it's not like, even though he disappears at times, which is extremely frustrating, still 27 points isn't nothing. It's not nothing. It's it's okay. It's it's not bad. Cunning's at 28, like I just said. And uh, Jules Eriksson Eck, 29. You know, that's your, your geek line there, your geek squad even though they haven't necessarily been playing together all the time, but occasionally they do. Cunning's been seeing second-line minutes most of the time lately. Um, but 29 points for Jules Eriksson is not bad. It's nothing to, you know, <clears throat> it's nothing really to complain about. It's, it's, it's creeping up. And again, you get the spectacular defense from him as well. A defense that's so good, it drives people absolutely insane. So, I mean, put into perspective... Matt Zuccarillo's on a $6 million a year contract for five bleeping years, which is a no move. <sighs> 34 points, and he's been playing top line, top six minutes most of the season. Jules Eriksson has been playing middle to bottom six most of the season. He's at 29 points. It's a five-point difference. Five-point difference in three games in hand, so to speak, for Jules Eriksson Yeah, if I'm okay to say that. Three less games on the season. And uh, only five less points than Zuccarello. So put that into perspective and think about that for a minute. <clears throat> it's not just that Jules Arsenek is playing well, it's also that Matt Zuccarillo <clears throat> with that contract is frustrating. I hate to go back to the negative there, but it's, I mean, sometimes you have to, it's frustrating. But uh, nice to see Jules Arsenek play as well as he has and gives us a great hope for the future at the end of the day, which is where we're heading next. With that said, the Mike Madonna Award winner is an obvious one. It's the next; he's the next Marion Gabrick. At least he appears to be for now. Maybe Kabrizov will make us all forget about Gabrick as we head into the future with him and into next season and maybe into the postseason this year, where the Wild make a magical playoff run with Kirill Kabrizov and Fiala leading the way. We'll see. We'll see. And some of the steady veterans, if you can call them that, helping out. Uh, <laughs> but Kevin Fiala with a bullet, will bring home the uh, Mike Madonna Award. Uh, he's just been absolutely spectacular. He's been tearing up the charts for the longest time. He, he went from 27 points to 51 in like the blink of an eye. Uh, just unbelievable. 24 points even to 51 in literally like almost like the blink of an eye it's felt like. Absolutely awesome. So much fun. He's on pace for about 66 points on the season and if he keeps playing like this though, he's going to get more than 66. He's going to get like 70 something. So, Enjoy. Enjoy Minnesota Wild fans. It's uh, something to uh, really feel good about right now. The James Shepard Memorial is an obvious one. It's the $6 million man. That would be Matt Zuccarello. He should have got it last week. He's been invisible. He's been frustrating. I can't give it to Pattern. He got two assists. Heck, he's a Madonna candidate for for his standards. Two assists from Greg Pattern in one week? Damn, man. Where's uh, <laughs> where's Paul Coffey, man? Paul Coffey, who? Right? Yeah, okay. 
Paul Coffey, like 70 points a year, <laughs> 80 points a year, 90 points. That guy was the scoring machine for a defenseman with the Oilers and the Penguins and the freaking Red Wings, and you could go on forever. But that's how I feel right now with the uh, with Matt Zuccarillo, Kevin Fiala. What a contrast there. Oh, my. Ooh, boy, are we fortunate to have Kevin Fiala. What a great trade, and thank you, Paul Fenton. Sorry that things didn't work out, but thank you for that trade at the end of the day. With that said, we'll take a quick break. We're going to preview three games. We're going to look at the prospects, and we're going to get to you guys on Twitter. Hashtag BTWMN for your questions and comments. Going to be fun. the wild apologize if there may have been kind of a weird echo the last i don't know if it's the last show or the last uh, at least the last segment i don't know if the way the microphone is angled was so great so i deeply apologize for that if it's kind of irritating just a slight echo not like a bad one it's never going to be perfect because yeah it's not this is a million dollar studio i'm in right now or anything <laughs> welcome to welcome to life right welcome to life minnesota wild have three games coming up as we continue into the month of march all in California, and for the first time that I can remember, they all suck. They all suck, but they're all dangerous. Minnesota Wild have always struggled in California, at least for the most part. San Jose Sharks played pretty damn good against us. Yeah, Dean Evison's preview, <laughs> Dean Evison's debut as the NHL head coach was not a good one. Wild got shut out by the Sharks. Oof. Shut out by Martin Jones and the Sharks after they give up like 19 goals a game. Great. So now we go to the Shark Tank where we used to never win. And, I don't know, it's not been great to us. Uh, had to Los Angeles Stable Center, and then, of course, Anaheim, California as well. So, California curse back in the day, I used to call it, where every time we'd play the California teams, we would just struggle and lose. Well, the Sharks have won the season series. Congratula- congratulations, or congratulations, <laughs> Con- congratulation, right? That's the uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters NES uh, screen if you actually beat the game, which pretty much you need Game Genie to do because there's nobody can beat that game without cheating. Nobody can beat that game without cheating. Because just going up the stairs, just check out the Angry Video Game Nerd video, and you'll see, and probably other videos as well. But the Sharks have won the season series. Will the Wild get swept this year by the Sharks? Very possible, but we'll see. I like the way the Wild are playing right now. San Jose Sharks win way back on November the 7th, 6-5. to five. Brent Burns had a fun night that night, and both teams scored like crazy. Dean Evison's uh, debut as a coach, strange moment, the strangest press conference ever. And the closing moments, you pull the goalie, and Dean Everson's not even involved in the conversation. He's just letting the players do their thing. You'd think that's you'd think he's an NBA coach because a lot of NBA coaches do that at times late in games where they let the players kind of talk it over sometimes during certain uh, certain timeouts and such. But it's usually not at the end of the game where this one was, and the coach was not involved in that one. It was the strangest situation. But congratulations to Chris Stortz. Formerly now, unfortunately, of the Teal Town podcast, but still a very good show that I recommend to anybody that likes to hear about the San Jose Sharks or, you know, just, you know, hear about NHL conversation, Teal Town. Highly recommended. Chris Stortz, major shout out to him. He moved south into San Diego, so he's no longer in the Northern California area. Awesome guy. Uh, we exchanged some beers over time, like for the Ale Smith from the Northern California there. What an amazing brewery that is. We get some here, but certainly not like they would have there. 
And then, of course, he enjoyed some Surly, which we are very famous for in these parts. Surly, yes, Surly Hell, Surly this, Surly that. It would be nice to have a sponsor with somebody again, because they used to have tall grass out of Manhattan, Kansas. Probably should go local. And, yeah, <laughs> Surly or uh, Two Harbors would be amazing. But uh, Two Harbors uh, Brewery, oh, awesome, awesome. Uh, Castle Danger Brewing from Two Harbors, Minnesota. Love them with the passion. <laughs> <laughs> or if I'm going to go to Northern California, Sierra Nevada, baby. Sierra Nevada and Ailsmith. Okay, let's get on with it. I apologize. Sidetracking myself here. Sharks, wild. Again, they're up 2 nothing on the season. The San Jose Sharks are very much out of contention at the moment. 28th in goals for, but yeah, but they scored against us. <clears throat> 24th in goals against, but they shut us out. 27th on the power play, but they seem to magically score those, and they're number one in the penalty kill. <clears throat> so they do an awesome job there, and they suck in the penalty minutes. They get a ton of... It's just ironic when you look at this. They get a ton of penalties, yet they're number one in the penalty kill. So, well done. Well done, San Jose, despite facing all that. Unfortunately, though, just struggling everywhere. Defenseman's leading in scoring, but he's a damn good defenseman, so it's not like it's that bad. It's not like, it's not like Vermont or anything. <laughs> Vermont and the you know, University, whatever, University of Vermont. Thomas Hurdle, who had some spectacular moments early in his career, he's okay. But, you know, he's just good. Blah, blah, blah. Good, but capable of being spectacular. The oft-injured uh, Eric Carlson has missed 10 games this year, but 40 points. Minus 15. Brent Burns is a minus 18. Again, leading the way with 44 points on the season. Timo Meyer with 43 points. Evander Kane, 43 points. And Jumbo Joe did not get traded to the Boston Bruins, which is a shame. Would have been cool, but I suppose he spent a lot of years in the Sharks as well. Uh, I feel for that guy. Stuck. Yeah, he's probably not going to win a Stanley Cup. Maybe he'll come back next year. Still can play. I mean, he can still play. Only five goals, but whatever. I mean, he's if he's playing a Matt Collin role, so be it, because he's doing a damn good job of it in the bottom six. 28 points on the season. That's not bad. Patrick Marlowe moved on to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. That was a good trade for the Penguins, at least an opportunity for Patrick Marlowe as well. Um, so, I mean, lots of trades. And I apologize to uh, Derek Felska for not having some of the trades in front of me last time around. I mean, there's some really good websites out there, like NHL Trade Tracker, where everything's right in front of you. I remember how he asked that question, what was my favorite trade? For me, personally, if you wanted me to mention my favorite trade, like just one, because you mentioned three, but if there's one, and I think I did bring this up, but one trade during the trade deadline last week, Derek, uh, has to be the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, that, I mean, what an amazing, that was a smart move, considering how up and down <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury has been with the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, he'll get five or six shutouts a season, but at the same time, his goals against average is like 2.8, you know, half the time. And obviously, he's absolutely spectacular at times, is Marc-Andre Fleury, but then he gives up five goals, four goals, and he just struggles. Yes, he has personal things here and there. He had a, he saw his father die this year, which is too bad. Uh, I can imagine that's weighing on him. And look at Devin Dubnik. He's giving up like four goals a game this year. You know, I mean, it's been really rough. In 2019, it's been super, or 20, it's been super rough, especially only nine games between the pipes for him. But uh, the Malcolm Supon, Slava Demon, and second-round pick to Chicago for Robin Leonard. That's my favorite trade, particularly if I want to see a team, if, say, the Wild aren't in the postseason or they're out right away, you know which would suck. Uh, Robin Leonard going to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he seemingly could really stabilize things as well. Uh, the second round pick is the Penguins pick. That's the comment. So it's a Penguins pick going to Chicago, which is going to be, you know, very low in the, probably the way Penguins are playing. 
They're always going to be in the cup contention as well. Former Minnesota Wild player Kyle Brozniak was traded. Nobody talked about that trade because that's like, you know, guys you don't really think about a whole lot. Mike Green going from Detroit to Edmonton. So, yeah, Patrick Marlowe for a conditional third-round pick in 2021. Interesting stuff. But, no, uh, Robin Leonard going to the Vegas Golden Knights, I think that makes them a cup contender. I do. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, I don't think, is the goalie to lead the, the Golden Knights to the Stanley Cup. Not the way he collapsed last year against the Sharks and the way the Capitals just kind of tore him to pieces. And also the Capitals in 2018 were on a mission as well. It just kind of was what it was, and maybe they're on a mission again, God forbid. <sighs> and Paggio going to the uh, New York Islanders kind of killed any hopes for the Wild to make a uh, trade of Koivu, obviously, even if he wanted to, but she wasn't going to. And that first-round pick going to Ottawa is what uh, nixed any hope of getting Zach Parisi because, yeah, it wasn't going to work. It just wasn't. So going over the trade tracker again, apologize if I'm sidetracking and going backwards here. But uh, figured I'd bring that up. I always feel bad if I kind of, like, don't answer someone's question. And of course, uh, Derek Fels got awesome guy. Crease and Assist podcast and uh, getting things going with that hashtag PTWMN on Twitter. Uh, can't think of enough for that. San Jose Sharks, though, I mean, I like the way they've played against the Wild this year. Or should I say I don't like it? It's just <laughs> for their sake I like it. Uh, Pacific Division, they have no chance to make the playoffs. You know, I mean, they do, but they don't. You know, that type of thing. But they'd have to play, like, perfect the rest of the year. You know what? The Wild are going to break this streak. They're going to beat the San Jose Sharks. They're going to beat the San Jose Sharks. I mean, they should, right? I mean, they should. Yeah, this is where I'm going to go. The Wild will beat the San Jose Sharks. It's going to be a 3-2 game, and the most likely guy to score in this one, I mean, I just love the way the Wild 4-2 win. 4-2. Wild will score four goals against the Sharks, not 3-2. We're going to score four four goals against the Sharks. We're going to make up for the zero we gave up last time. 4-2 win for Minnesota. Most likely guy to score in the game. Boy, it's going to be a thriller, right? No, it's going to be... Should I go with a crazy one? Uh, I, well, uh, not so crazy one. We'll go with Eric Stahl against the San Jose Sharks. He's going to score his 20th goal of the season. And the Minnesota Wild win 4-2 to two with Alex Stalock beating his former team. Finally, this year. It's been a struggle with the damn Sharks this season. It's been a damn, damn, damn struggle. So Alex Stalock will get his first win versus the Sharks at least this season. <clears throat> Los Angeles Kings... They're playing better. They're surprising some people despite some, you know, trading players away, and they're just not even close. Like, any remnants of their Stanley Cup glory days are pretty much gone, other than uh, Kobotar, who's still a spectacular player. Jonathan Quick is just done. He's just toast. Uh, sometimes you just know when a guy's toast, and I don't know why this is blanking on me. Don't you just love when it does that? But, uh, Los Angeles Kings, they played very well against the Golden Knights a few nights ago, which ended the uh, eight-game winning streak for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. This series is... Nope, they've already won the season series, unfortunately. No, this is wrong. Why is it saying the Kings won the series 2-1? to one? Well, it's foreshadowing what I'm thinking, unfortunately, because the, uh, the Wild beat the Kings way back on October 26th, one of our rare wins earlier in the season, but that was also when we had one of our rare home games at the beginning of the season. 3-1 win there, 5-1 win there, then a 3-1 loss in Los Angeles, November the 12th, so March the 7th. I think this is accurate, even though it's kind of creepy here. Kings won series. The Kings have won the series 2-1. I think they will. I think the Kings beat the Minnesota Wild in this game because, I, I don't know, the Wild have always struggled against the Kings, and they have played really well lately, despite losing to Colorado and Edmonton. They have won three games in a row, and 
I don't know. They're on a little bit of a little bit of a run, which is meaningless. Maybe it'll cost them a, a slot or something, but nah. They still, <laughs> it's still a lottery. It doesn't matter. The Kings will be in the top five, top six, probably in the draft, whatever it is. <clears throat> but I think they beat the Wild. We've struggled against this team historically. Uh, it's it's annoying, and they're playing well right now, to their credit. It's super damn annoying, but <laughs> it is what it is. I didn't like seeing them beat the Golden Knights very much. Jonathan Quick has been a little bit more respectable. He's brought his numbers up a bit. He's actually been in 40 games this year, 14 and 22. Goals against average 2.9. Save percentage is now finally in the 90s again, but just barely. Uh, Kelvin Peterson was in net against the Vegas Golden Knights, and he was absolutely great. Uh, shut them down to 4-1. to one win. Again, three wins in a row for the Los Angeles Kings beating Vegas, beating New Jersey, which is not that impressive, but still beat them, just like they did in the finals in 2012, and or final, pardon me, and they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 2-1. to one. Very impressive win for the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Anze Kopitar still 59 points on the season, 20 goals. He was a big, uh, big player in that win for the Kings over the Golden Knights. They look good. It's annoying at times, but it is what it is. Matt Roy makes me think of Matt Foy, the former Wild player who intrigued some people. Uh, Alec Martinez had gone to the Kings, or from the Kings to the Shark, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Stanley Cup winning goal in 2014 versus uh, <laughs> versus Lundquist and the New York Rangers. Unfortunately for them, uh, he put that in and iced it in Game 6 for the Kings' second Stanley Cup. Will we see Peterson? It is what it is. I think the Kings win the game, though. I think it's going to be like 3-1, three 3-2. to, one, three to two. Most likely got to score will be Zach Parisi versus the LA Kings. Now, let's say Kevin Fiala is going to... Nope, it's going to be Zach Parisi. Fiala will probably score some points, maybe even a goal. Maybe he'll score a goal in both of these games, but I'm just picking other people for now. I got an opinion going into Anaheim. A little different situation there, which, yeah, you, you probably can get where I'm headed towards there. But I think the Kings win this one, kind of a 3-1, to 3-2 to two type of game. Most likely guy to score for Minnesota is going to be Zach Parisi, but unfortunately a loss for the Minnesota Wild. Why would I have a feeling Devin Dubnik's going to be a net versus the Kings? I just got a weird feeling that's what's going to happen there. <clears throat> Regardless, I should go over what the Kings' overall stuff is as well. Only 30 in goals for 30th place, per, per se. 15th in goals against, so the goaltending has been respectable, despite Jonathan Quick having an awful start to the season. He's kind of gotten it together a tiny bit. And in a slightly more respectable range again. Second, uh, 22nd in the power play, 28th in penalty kill, and 4th in penalty minutes. Whew. So fourth in the positive side. So they all there, the fourth least penalty minutes, which is good for them. Move on to Anaheim. The Anaheim Clucks. They're in seventh place. The Kings are in eighth, but again, the Wild lose to the Los Angeles Kings, which will be annoying and frustrating, but, you know, it's kind of like welcome to hockey. Minnesota's been kind of up and down against Boudreaux's former club, the Anaheim Ducks, during the course of his run with Minnesota. Now you got Dean Nevison coaching the Wild versus the Ducks. And... Uh, I don't know. It just kind of is what it is here. You're hoping for some success against them. It's historically the Ducks have been a struggle for Minnesota, even when they're not good, but they've been good forever. It's a, it's a tied series right now. Minnesota won 4-2 to two in Anaheim. The Ducks won in a shootout. Now, again, the uh, one in Anaheim was way back November 5th. The shootout was all the way back in December the 10th. Wow, that's a while. Wild were playing significantly better at the time, but... Gave up two goals to zero in that shootout, which is so annoying and frustrating. John Gibson's had his moments. This is the season wrap-up. I do believe the Minnesota Wild win the 
season series against the Anaheim Ducks. March the 8th, happy 42nd birthday to my brother, as I turned 41 this year. He's about a year and a half older than me. Uh, Carson Susie, of course, out with injury. The Ducks will not have Lindholm, most likely. Cam Fowler or Gubrenson in the game. So Eric Gubrenson in the game. Minnesota, again, we're 4-1 and one in our last five. Anaheim's 3-2, and two, not bad. They law, they beat Edmonton 4-3, to three, who's been playing super well, by the way, Edmonton. They're, they're hanging on there with the Vegas Golden Knights, which is pretty impressive, actually. 3-2 to two win versus Pittsburgh. What's going on with Pittsburgh lately? 3-0 <laughs> lost to New Jersey. Okay. 6-2 to two lost to Chicago. Okay. Though they do have, yeah, they do have the same two stars there. Colorado Avalanche. They beat the Colorado Avalanche in Denver. Well, okay, 4-3. to three. Impressive. Ducks have actually been playing pretty good lately, to be quite fair. Uh, they are 29th in goals for, 26th in goals against, 31st in the power play. 31st in the power play. Wow. So, okay. 25th in penalty kill and 29th in penalty minutes. So they have the worst power play in the league. So we'll probably give up two power play goals in the game. Okay, sorry. I, I had to say that. Sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Ryan Getzloff, the old Wiley veteran with 41 points on the season. Kind of a defensive, generally. Well, actually, they're not. They're kind of like Detroit right now, aren't they? They're kind of like Detroit. Like, they stink in a lot of categories. They give up goals. John Gibson's giving up three goals a game. Ryan Miller's giving up three goals a game. One shutout on the whole season, and it's only for Gibson. Uh, yet they're still ahead of the Kings because they have some shutdown-type moments, I suppose. Yeah, man, it's a it's an interesting team. Uh, Rickard Raquel, a guy who was often compared with uh, Jewel Eriksson-Eck as a possible career potential for Jewel Eriksson-Eck. Rickard Raquel is obviously a good, solid defensive player who can score. That's for sure. 37 points on the season. Okay, so we'll see. Hopefully next year, uh, Jewel Eriksson-Eck heads into that direction. Adam Henrique with 24 goals on the season to lead the way in that category for the Ducks. But I do believe the Minnesota Wild win this game, and I have a feeling, a strong feeling, Kevin Fiala is going to have a multi-goal game in this one. I think Kevin Fiala is going to get to the mid to upper 50s by the end of this week which is just insane when you sit, uh, sit down and think about it. But at least two goals in this game, maybe a three-point, four-point type of game, depending on how things go. But the Wild went 4-2 to two versus the Anaheim Ducks. 4-1, to 4-2. to two. We'll go with 4-2. to two. But I would be nice if it was 4 nothing. That'd be cool. But I can't really pick shutouts because whenever I, whenever I would do something like that, they'll probably shut us out instead. So I don't want to jinx us. But Kevin Fiala will have multiple goals in the game, and Matt Dumba will have multiple points. Darkwing Duck Matt Dumba. We'll have 14 points, or we'll have, we'll have multiple points <clears throat> in the game. 14 points right. No, <laughs> that's impossible pretty much. It's maybe in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League or something. But uh, no, maybe further, even before that, not the Major Junior one. It would be just the Quebec Junior Hockey League. 14 points. <laughs> that's insane. Uh, that's Mario Lemieux way back in the way back in the early 80s, maybe, for the in the juniors when he had like a 300-point season. But... Uh, yeah, it's insane to think about that. That's <laughs> insane. That's crazy. But the Wild win, and Fiala will have multiple points. Let's stay off of this now. The Minnesota Wild go 2-1 and one again, and we're heading closer and closer to that wild card, believe it or not, because I like the way this team is playing. Hopefully, teams don't catch up to our style, and things change in a negative way. That would be nice if that does not happen, and that this is a trend, not a mirage for Minnesota heading into the postseason. Not just into March, but into the postseason. That would be absolutely great. With that, it's time to look at the prospects and then hand into the questions. And as per usual, we will get things rolling 
with the Iowa Wild. Uh, Sam Honest continuing to lead that club in scoring against Jerry Mayhew. Jerry time is with Minnesota. 61 points on the season down in Iowa. Sam Honest, 65 points on the season, just way up there at the top. <clears throat> the Iowa Wild haven't had a whole lot of games, but a lot of the really, really young guys have been the ones scoring lately, which is nice, other than Luke Johnson with 27 points on the year. Nico Sturm still stuck at 32. Brennan, uh, excuse me, Louis Belpedio stuck at 19. Brennan Mendel's up to 44 now. He had just one assist this past week. We've had some low-scoring games and not too many, but Connor DeWeer now at 18 as he added a goal and an assist most recently as he continues to gradually climb up there. He might pass Louis Belpedio by the end of the season. Brennan DeHame now at 20. Again, the Parkland, Florida, Providence Friar coming to the Iowa Wild and hopefully Minnesota someday again. More of a physical style guy with 67 penalty minutes on the year. It's crazy, though, because Louis, Bel- uh, Louis Belpedio might be thinking about that bottom pairing. He might be focused on being on the bottom pairing. It's like, if I'm going to make the NHL, it might have to be that way, rather than being like somewhat higher. 102 penalty minutes on the season. Louis Belpedio has definitely been a physical force out there, and of course, getting in numerous fights during the course of the season. As we've been keeping up with the Iowa Wild. You see number 47 mixing it up out there <laughs> several times during the season. 102 penalty minutes to lead the club, which is pretty crazy. So I guess he could be very strongly considering if he's going to make it in the NHL, he's going to have to be on the bottom pairing. And, well, we're waiting forever, unfortunately, because that right side is pretty full. Uh, Greg Pattern is still in the way there. Uh, will the Wild move on from him in the offseason? Will he just wind up in the press box next season? I think there's a possibility of that. Uh, on occasion, but I want to see Louis Belpedio up with Minnesota. He's not that small. He's about 200 pounds, 5'11". So it's not like he's this tiny little 5'8", 160-pound guy who's going to get his ass whooped out there. That's not what's happening, and he's showing he can play physical hockey <clears throat> and occasionally add some points. He kind of semi-lucked into a couple points. Was it at the end of the season a year ago, if I remember correctly? Or was it a year and a half ago already? It's been a while, like two years ago already. Gosh, lucked into a couple of points in like the final game of the season with the Minnesota Wild, which was kind of cool. But uh, a couple of assists in that game, that was surprising. Belpedio, obviously, you know, he's got scoring ability, or he's got, you know, ability to make plays and such, but it looks like that's more of the Brendan Mental category there. Belpedio, though, still very solid, again, with that toughness. So... If, if that's his role, that's his role. At the end of the day, <laughs> that is going to be his role. Kapokakinen, unfortunately, faces injury, unfortunately. But, yeah, so he's week to week right now with an upper body injury. It will not require surgery, which is good. But it's still a gosh darn shame. Uh, he added his seventh shutout of the season. Seventh shutout of the season. Kapokakinen absolutely dominating the AHL. To me, he looks like an NHL goalie, at least a backup heading into the future. Because, you know, it's interesting how it is with him, too. It's But it's signs of development. How he started off really, really hot in the AHL. You know, crazy hot. And then dipped off, dropped off. His points, his uh, goals against average went up, unfortunately. And then during the course of that season last year, the numbers got a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Then this year, he's flat out dominant. Comes to the NHL, very dominant at the beginning. Starts to have some not-so-good games, giving up three or four goals. But I think he will also develop gradually into a very good National Hockey League goalie and a very strong candidate to being a number one goalie in the NHL. That's my belief with Kapokakinen. Moving forward with the Minnesota Wild, not just Iowa. Because, I mean, I think it's getting to a point he needs to be with Minnesota. But, um, unfortunately, Iowa right now, who has a chance to make a very long playoff run, they'll be without uh, Kapokakinen for... uh, 
couple of weeks, it looks like, unfortunately, which really sucks. <sighs> Might as well send Jerry back, I guess. But, I mean, you got Luke Cunning back. If Jerry's not going to score in the NHL, you might as well put him back in the AHL because they could sure use him. Uh, the scoring has definitely been down in Iowa. It has definitely been down, but Capo Kakanen adding that seventh shutout was a big help in a big bleeping way. There's no question about that, about that. So we'll move around looking at some more prospects. Matt Boldy continuing to get top six minutes now with Boston College, and he's almost at a point a game now. <laughs> For a guy who started out the season with like one point in 13 bleeping games, he's now at 25 and 32 with nine of them goals. He's a plus 16 on the season with Boston College, who was not that great last year. But uh, during the course of this season, they've gotten better and better. Plus 16, Matt Boldy. Still only 18 years of age. April the 5th, he will turn 19. That's how young Matt Boldy is. and Got to like his future with Minnesota. Uh, Marshall Warren is now at double digits with five goals, five assists. He's a plus 20, and he's just been a plus, 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 plus guy everywhere he's been. He was a plus 29 in 26 games with the under-18 team for the U.S. Hockey League last season for the U.S. National Under-18 team. Freaking awesome. He's been a plus everywhere he's gone. And again, plus 20 for Boston College. Plus 20. That's good for a defenseman, boy. That means he's doing his job out there. Nikita Nestorenko, he's been in the postseason. He's been adding assists here and there. His numbers are done for the regular season. 56 points in 56 games. But he's been adding like an assist a game pretty much in the postseason for Chiliwack thus far. Yeah, BCHL, British Columbia Hockey League postseason for Nikita Nestorenko. And I do got to mention right now, right here, right now, we talk about all these guys on MNW Prospects. MNW Prospects. So Facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects uh, at MNW Prospects as well for Twitter. That Twitter account has been very popular. We keep up with all these guys. I personally am in charge of the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and British Columbia Hockey League. I very much enjoy keeping up with guys. Prospects as they come to Minnesota. This year it was Nikita Nestorenko, uh, Alexander Hovanov, who I've just had an absolute blast keeping up with, and Sean Budrius. So as the years go by, or, you know, hopefully yeah, in the next season we'll have some new guys to talk about from the British Columbia Hockey League and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League as we head in forward. Other guys, again, include Pavel Bonat, who's the founder, and he keeps up with all the international play. And Minnesota, generally speaking, Minnesota Wild guys like Kevin Fiala, who you consider prospects and such. He's also an admin for Minnesota Wild Global. Pavel Lulnet from the uh, Czech Republic. You get Justin back. He's awesome, obviously. Keeps up with the WHL. I believe I believe he keeps up with the AHL. Now I'm getting him mixed up. But he, uh, he keeps up with the WHL and, the, and college, mostly. But he kind of branches all over the place. Brandon Quas keeps up with the AHL. And does a great job as well. You guys are just great. Uh, I think he, he I think he does the OHL too. I can't remember now. I think maybe Brandon Cost used to do the AHL and uh, British Columbia and Quebec Major Junior, and then he uh, gave it to me, which was awesome. Because uh, obviously it's a lot of guys to keep up with in the AHL. I mean, it's all of them. So for the most part, but then again, not all of them are prospects. Some of them are minor leaguers like Matt Barkowski, guys like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been an, it's an awesome group. They're great guys. They're entertaining. <laughs> the conversations they have sometimes are interesting. <laughs> I'll just leave that as is. It's funny, funny conversations. But that's just, you know, that's just adult guys having funny conversations. That's just life. Uh, awesome, awesome dudes. We keep up with all the prospects from AHL, ECHL. Uh, you know, obviously, like I said, all these uh, junior hockey leagues, you know, and Ontario hockey and all that. It's a lot of fun to keep up with it and such. International 
from Pablo Bonet's uh, standpoint there. Sean Boudry is big six foot five guy again who could make competition for Jordan Greenway. 77 points on the season. He's a plus 39, 34 goals on the year. He's a right shot too, which could be very helpful heading into the future if Sean Boudry has his serious to become a professional someday, which I'm sure he is. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Sam Henches has been in and out with injuries this year. Just He would have had huge numbers, I think. It's unfortunate. He's been banged up this season. Interesting guy. Very, very interesting guy from New Brighton, Minnesota, of course. 24 points on the season, but only a minus 5 for St. Cloud State. They're just not as good this year, unfortunately. Uh, Bryce Misley, 4th round pick years ago, 2017. He's reached double digits, which is nice. I feel happy for him for the not-so-good University of Vermont, unfortunately. I'm trying to be nice as the collegiate seasons are coming to an end. Now we're heading into the turn, uh, conference tournaments. Of course, Gophers got to get it done, opening things up with Notre Dame. Go Gophers! I keep staring at old, old pictures from the late 70s with Herb Brooks and the team and that beautiful brown, you know, that beautiful wooden trophy with, oh, that, with the bronze on the front. Or is it gold? I don't know. I don't think it's gold. That's too much money. <laughs> it would be a lot of money. But uh, it's like a brass, brass, with brass on the front. The National Championship trophies from 1979, 76, 74. Love looking at those team pictures with that trophy sitting there on the ice in uh, the old uh, Mariucci, which was basically in the barn. The old, old, old barn. Ah, yes. Beautiful place beautiful place and of course beautiful time for Minnesota and hopefully the Gophers can get back to the national championship contention again we'll, we'll see what happens if it's going to be a magical season because sometimes you just got to make the tournament and things happen what if what if the University of Vermont wins their wins hockey east that'd be funny but yeah I don't think so they'll probably be out in the first round they just they can't score and it's sad I, I like Bryce Misley I like him and you know what's really crazy you know what's really amazing his I think his dad followed me on Twitter I think he did. I think that is his dad, which is really cool. So, I mean, I, I like Bryce Misey, and I wish him the best. I'm not making fun of anybody. Uh, and if he, I think that is his dad. I really do. And if he happens to be listening to this show, one in a million chance, uh, God bless you. You know, I, I'd love to see uh, Bryce Misey <laughs> go all the way. I would love to see it. That would be a beautiful story, to be, to be uh, quite frank. Jacob Golden, again, he's been a solid story. Again, not much of a scorer from the, uh, the blue line earlier in his career in the OHL, but now he's at 25 points, as he is way beyond what he's been historically. Mostly assists, but hey, that's what defensemen do. You know, they move the puck. Defensemen move the puck. Jacob Golden's got 21 assists, 25 total points, only a minus 10, but the Erie Otters have stunk the last couple of years because a guy by the name of Connor McDavid no longer skates for that club because he's a little kind of busy now with Edmonton and trying to get into the postseason and have a nice playoff run for the Oilers if their goaltending can hold up. One of the men of the hour here, one of the most beautiful men of the hour here from the WHL, Adam Beckman has now reached 100 points on the season in 60 games. Unbelievable year, plus 39, 100 points in the WHL for the Spokane Chiefs. Adam Beckman just absolutely dominating. He is a left shot, left wing, so again, a busy position for Minnesota, but if he's got a future in the NHL, He's going to get a spot. He's going to get a spot. I don't think he's going to rot in the AHL his whole life. Or at least I would freaking hope not. But we'll see what happens. Again, Jack McBain, another Boston College player, because Paul Fenton loved Boston College. Loved it. 19 points on the season. Now he had his 13th assist last weekend. Plus four on the season for the ever-improving Boston College. Again, I'm bouncing around. I'm not keeping it just college, just this, just that. I'm kind of going all over the place. 
because I consider all these guys important. And there's my guy, Alexander Hovenoff, now 95 points on the season. He's a plus 55 in the 47 games he has skated for the Moncton Wildcats in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. 95 points on the season. <clears throat> More spectacular numbers than Adam Beckman. Honestly, <clears throat> as great as Adam Beckman is, he's played 60 games. That's Alexander Hovenoff has played in 47. So imagine 60 games from Hovenoff. We'd be talking, you know, 110, 115 points. Yeah, which is really damn encouraging. Now, I mean, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, I get it. It's not the AHL. And even if it was, we all know how things can translate from AHL to NHL sometimes. But uh, all the talk has been this guy's got everything except skating, basically. Which, yeah, I know skating is the one weakness. But it sounds like it's gotten better generally speaking. That's the hope it has gotten better, and it must be getting better if he's able to get to get to these type of point totals for him. So, that's the hope as we move forward. Nick Sweeney, again, have been banged up off and on all damn season. Ah, ah, both of those great seventh-round picks, Sam Hedges and Nick Sweeney, the two-time defending national champions. Uh, University of Minnesota Duluth trying to go for the three-peat. Will Nick Sweeney just walk away with three national championships? in three years? Will he go to the AHL next year with that trophy, with his name on that trophy one way or another? Like, not literally. It's not like the Stanley Cup, but yeah, historically on that team. Uh, career high for him, 26 points, but again, banged up, only 29 games, which does tell you his point totals would be absolutely great if he could get to 40 games again, but unfortunately, that ain't happening because it's time for the postseason now, unfortunately, as we head into the conference tournaments and hopefully eventually NCAA, which the Lakeville native will be skating in once again. There's no question. Lakeville native Nick Sweeney, hopefully member of the Wild very soon. <laughs> I don't see him skating in the uh, ECHL. It's going to be AHL and beyond. Ivan Lodnia, again, another guy, banged up, banged up, banged up, but has now reached 60 points in the season, almost two points a game, and 38 for the OHL's Niagara Ice Dogs. He's a plus six for the Niagara Ice Dogs, again, after leaving the Erie Otters <coughs> to, for Niagara. Didn't score a point in six games with Iowa uh, a couple years ago, unfortunately for him, but uh, he's been damn good when he's played this year. He's dominated the OHL, and hopefully this coming season. Finally, Ivan Lodnia will be at least in the AHL and will show something of hope there. Boy, I better get to the questions. Lots of uh, prospect conversation. Time to move on into the questions and such. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Want to thank uh, Brennan Falska for sharing the tweet here. Very nice. It's a, basically a retweet with a comment. He says, check out Brave the Wild's latest podcast where they discuss the events of the trade deadline as well as where the Minnesota Wilds stand in the home stretch of the season, and plenty of other team-related news, plus fan questions, too. A great listen, and thank you so much. That was episode 229, Rumors of Trades. And again, do check out Crease and Assist, and follow Derek Felska at Crease and Assist. Very simple, just like Cease and Desist, at Crease and Assist. And there's an inside joke. If you're curious, ask him what that's all about. It's kind of an inside bleep you to somebody who was giving him a hard time. We'll just leave that as it. It's pretty funny. The uh, most recent show was also retweeted by Tene Brown. Thank you very much. Let's see others. Yep, Tene Brown out of New Zealand. Who else did? And where did they go? Okay, Tene Brown, Snarky McSnarkelson, Lakers, Pies Brown, Vince Germano there, Tom Hayen, and Wild and Young Prospects. Yep, <laughs> that's of course at MNW Prospects. Love the page. Love everything there. So let's see if I can get some questions here. Can't thank you guys enough for liking and retweeting and passing it on to your friends and followers. So now let's get to some questions if they're there. i got to think there's some. <laughs> yes, there is. Derek Felska says, How major of a setback is it 
for the Iowa Wild to have Cabo Kakan and injured? Or does Iowa miss Gerald Mayhew more right now? Oh, boy, two major things. I think they... It's a massive blow because I don't... Well, I mean, thank God Matt Robson's a decent goaltender, so at least you have him. But then again, his goals against average has been not so good this year. 3.06. He's struggled off and on this year. Great start to the season, kind of like Capo last year. But uh, he certainly hasn't dominated the way Capo did during the stretches he did in his rookie year for the AHL, where Matt Robson this year... Oh, boy. I, I would say it's Capo Kakinen for sure, because there's other guys like Sam Honest, though... Without Jerry time, it has been a huge difference. Huge, huge difference. Like the one the Iowa Wild win is like two to one versus five to one, five to two, something like that. So with Jerry Mayhew in play, uh, it's just a whole different, whole different game out there with Jerry Mayhew. Uh, but again, Cabo Kakinen I think is the most crucial member for that club. Um, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Excellent, cool. Actually, I like it. Uh, but no, thank you very much, Derek, for that one. Uh, I think Jerry should just go back to the AHL because just nothing's happening. If you're going to put him in the bleeping press box, put him in the AHL. They they need him, especially with Capo out. Might as well outscore guys 5-3 to three with uh, Matt Robson and get him some damn wins. Get him over 500. What is he, 6-10 and 10 on the year? So, uh, that's frustrating. Nope, nope, he's 10-9. and nine, But, uh, I don't know. Uh, I like Matt Robson. I don't know why he's struggling. Dave Johnson, the question here, has has Garen seen enough to start negotiating Fiala's next deal yet? What's he worth? Six years, 48? Sure. I mean, I, I'd say he's about that. It wouldn't be a bad idea, I think, but uh, I believe we're, we're still okay when it comes to his contract. If I could try to pull that up here. Whereas right now, Fiala, obviously a very cap-friendly contract, $3 million a year. He's, he's getting $3 million next year. And then he's a restricted free agent after next season. Kevin Fiala, uh, they might start talking about it, though. I wouldn't be surprised if in the summer they start talking about it because, again, next year will be the final year on the current contract. Then he becomes a restricted free agent. Thankfully, restricted and arbitration and all that crap. But I don't think we're going to go to arbitration. It will be a very significant increase. They they could still start They could start talking about it, which might be a good idea because if Fiala gets like, 80, 80, like, gets like 90 points next year, it's going to be... a Big, big, uh, big contract. It might be tough to keep him. Koivu uh, does come off the books, which helps a lot. And there's no chance they keep him. Galanciuk uh, comes off the books as well. Versus uh, Jason Zucker's contract hanging around for for a bit longer if the Wild kept him. So you're good there. Uh, Zuccarello's contract is there until hell freezes over, which is really annoying. 23-24 is when that contract's up. And Zach Bleepin' Parisi's up in 24-25. 2025. Zach Parise's contract finally comes to an end. Victor Rask, there'll probably be a buyout, which two years remaining. We could be looking at four years of $2 million just hanging there if the Wild buy him out. That's usually how that works, because it's two years, $4 million per after this season for Victor Rask. You do a buyout, it goes to four years, two, 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 you know, that type of deal. So it's you save $2 million a year in the cap, which is not nothing, believe me, but it drags, unfortunately. So that's where things get complicated there. Uh, Ryan Donato. Yeah, it's going to be interesting next season. Ryan Hartman, Ryan Donato, and Marcus Foligno. No, Marcus Foligno. I'm just messing around. All will be uh, free agents after next year. Jules Eriksenek as well, only making 1.4875. That's an interesting number there. Uh, all of them are free agents after next season. Hartman, restricted. Ryan Donato, restricted. Jewel restricted. Of course, i got to think we're going to for sure keep Jewel Eriksenek, and it'll be significantly higher, maybe like triple that, you know, because we're talking 
maybe four and a half or something for Jewel. That's my guess, but we'll see. Ryan Hartman, who knows, depending on where things go. I, I like him a lot, but who knows. Donato, he's making more than Jewel, but he, he's got some skills. Uh, Luke Cunning, that's a free agent this summer, right away, restricted free agent, and Jordan Greenway at 9-16. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Ryan, Jordan Greenway would go to arbitration. I think we're kind of going that direction with Jordan, where Cunning, I think, is going to get a significant increase. We'll see what happens there. Very, very interesting situation there. And Brad Hunt is inked next season for only 700 k That's not bad. And Brodeen also is in his final season, along with Greg Pattern. I wouldn't be surprised if the Wild buyout Pattern, actually, at all. I wouldn't be surprised if they buy him out 2.25, so you'd be looking at one, you know, whatever, 175, something like that, one, <laughs> 1.175 uh, for two years if you do that. So it's a little bit of dead cap, which is annoying, but it is what it is. Uh, buyout history up Tyler Ennis, 1.6, 1.216 for him, Tyler Ennis, the buyout. So I wouldn't be surprised if we do something like that, but you don't want to have too many buyouts either floating around. I think if you buy out one person, it's Victor Rask at the end of the day, which is unfortunate for him because he's just too slow. He's just too slow. Sorry I drug that out, but I, I, I do like looking at that stuff. Dave Johnson continues saying, is Kakinen ready to play 30 to 35 games behind Stalek next year? Is Stalek ready to be able to play 45-50? I think so. Uh, he's shown it this year, and, you know, I mean, it's not like we're in a situation at this moment where anybody's like a guaranteed number one goalie, blah, 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 blah. So 30 to 35, yes, I think that's I think that's a very likely, very possible scenario. I'm not sure what to do with Doomnik again. You can't just buy everybody out, buy out this guy, buy out that guy. It'll be like the buyouts will then get to be like $6 million a year or something. It'd be nuts if it got to that point, which would be hilarious. But, um, oh, wow, I'm seeing something new and uh, jumping around. Wow, that's very interesting. I'll leave that alone. It's stuff I don't, you know, you don't want to hear on the show necessarily. <laughs> Not surprising, anyway, what I saw. But no, thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with, uh, that's about, that's what I would like to see, quite honestly. I don't know why this popped up. But uh, that's what I would like to see. Uh, thank you for that question, Dave. Now this is messed up. God. <laughs> don't you love when that happens? Well, Jay Bushy says, Fiala has been on fire. Do the Wild have a game-breaker they've been sorely missing? Yes. Yep. Yep. I believe they do. I absolutely believe they do. Crease and assist. Derek Felska says, how do you feel Copper's game will translate to the NHL? Uh, translate in the NHL. Uh, this is He's actually addressing Derek Felska, but he moves it on to me as well. Derek, Derek did. Probably going back and forth there. Uh, I think he'll... I, I think he will translate into a 30-goal score in the NHL and hopefully beyond. Uh, but he's he's got enough skills. It's a professional. It's close enough to the NHL. I think that he will translate to a very productive NHL player of score, twenty five to thirty goals as a rookie, and I think beyond. It could the sky's the limit. That's that's my belief. I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's Mario Lemieux yet or anything. But I do think there's a wonderful future for Coral uh, Coppers off in the NHL. Twenty five to thirty goals early on. I don't think he's going to dominate right out of the get go. Unless we're really lucky, but uh, I do think it's 35 to 40 after that as we move forward. So, now we're back where we were. Derek Felska says, who do you have winning Class A and Class Trip Double uh, A State Tournament for the boys this year? <sighs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I don't follow high school too closely, I'll admit. Uh, but 
It's fun to keep up with, though. I mean, the, because, you know, I mean, if there's any sports, you know, see, I, I don't like usually like high school sports like football, this and that, but if there's any sport, it's going to be hockey. In Class A, World looks absolutely fantastic. St. Cloud Cathedral, boy, 11-2 to two over Mankato East Loyola. What is this, Loyola Chicago or something? Uh, you know who's going to win Class A, don't you? Do you know who's going to win? See, we're already at the Final Four. As of tomorrow, it'll be playing Warhol versus Matamidai, and of course, Hermantown versus St. Cloud Cathedral. Hermantown and St. Cloud Cathedral just killed their opponents. I mean, just killed them. 11-2, to two, St. Cloud Cathedral. Did they use it all up? Because, I mean, Hermantown's got this magic to them. I mean, they just, they've won so much. Uh, I remember, though, they got to the final, like, was it seven years in a row and lost? But they kept getting back, and then they finally started winning every year. Uh, it's not the same coach anymore, though. Who is going to win Class A in this Final Four? Boy, is it just going to be number one War Road and we're all set? Right now, I'm going to go with Hermantown. I just think there's that. I just think there's magic there. So, Hermantown, Class A. Class A, 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 No, I'm kidding. Andover versus St. Thomas. I think we, yeah, I mean, Andover's just awesome. Moorhead's got that great history. I love that M. Reminds me of a certain team. And Blake, number two. Pretty cool. It's Maple Grove. I ain't cheering for Maple Grove for some reason. I don't like Maple Grove very much in general. Nothing against them. Just not a, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think Andover wins the uh, the A. I think the number one team wins the double uh, A. Pardon me. Andover's going to win the double A. They're just above and beyond. Hard to believe Edina's not in it this year, but I guess you're going to have a down year once in a while. I would have picked Edina like every bleeping year with Kurt Giles there, but <laughs> that's the one. That's I guess you could say the high school hockey team that I tend to get behind the most. Uh, cool, though. That's where I'm going with Hermantown and Andover. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? <laughs> Justin Back says, ah, my bad. I would like to discuss my questions. Which one? Let's see, who's he talking to here? Ooh, what's going on? Whoa, kind of back and forth here. So, Justin Back says, I think Tom has this covered. How do you feel about constitution? Don't forget to... Add the hashtag. Okay, so that was the question. No problem, Justin. No shop. No problem there. See if we can get back here without losing everything. Okay, good. Thank God. Uh, fudge. Uh, you click this, and then everything pops up, and you don't want that. Tom Han, there he is. When the org shit canned Bruce Boudreau, many were upset, but but the team is playing well under Dean. Is it? Just a different voice, or the style been altered? Well, the style's more aggressive offensively, Tom, I would say, definitely. It's been a more aggressive offensive style, which hopefully doesn't bite us in the ass later on with our poor goaltending, because you know how that can be sometimes. When you open things up a bit, it can get ugly if the other team kind of responds in the other direction. Rich Blummer says, Will the team try to move Dubnik in the offseason? I hope so. It's going to be hard to do, but... I hope so, Rich. Yeah, and welcome aboard. He just followed this week. Thanks. Thanks for jumping on board. I I hope so. Uh, and I think it's probably in their best interest because he, God bless Devin Dubnik, he can't play anymore. He can't play anymore. I, I think they have to. I do think a change of scenery, Devin Dubnik will play better. I think he'll play better on a Toronto, on a whoever, Calgary Flames. I think the Flames would be a good team for Devin Dubnik right now because their goaltending stinks. David Riddish stinks. You know, he stinks. And Cam Talbot's a backup. He's, he's, an, he's an okay backup, but it is what it is. Uh, Rich Blummer. Given the team's reluctance to play Donato in a top-six role, do they move Donato in the offseason? They might. They might, but uh, maybe, hopefully, Donato will move up 
in the top six role, but they might. Uh, it's a strong possibility. Uh, there's always, always a possibility that somebody gets moved. You can see that with Bill Guerin. There has been talk, you know, in, at least one of the young guys probably won't return, like a Greenway or Donato. Those are probably the two top candidates to be moved in some type of deal in the offseason because I think the Wild are looking at, you know, we need a top center like we need to breathe, that type of thing. It's a gaping hole with the Wild at center. I mean, we have like one legitimate center and Conan can definitely play center and he's damn good at it, but he's a good right winger too. Rich Blummer, will Koivu resign with the team? To me, that's a solid no. Uh, it's not because he won't resign, it's because they won't they won't resign him, basically, at the end of the day. It's time to move on, unfortunately. God bless him. He's had a wonderful run, but uh, I think bringing Koivu back, it's just, we're at that point now, I think he's reached the, I think he's reached the wall, and if he finishes strong on the season, that's, that's good. You don't want to bring him back, and then he just has an awful year next year. So that's where I stand. Thanks, and welcome aboard, Rich Blummer. Good to hear from you. Welcome aboard. Derek Felska was uh, putting out, like, the uh, hashtag to get people's attention to ask a question. Thank you, Derek, for that. Always appreciate that. Jumps in, uh, beg a few questions. Here's a new one. With Katkinen's injury, okay, here we go. Derek Felska, with Katkinen's injury, will the Iowa Wild still be able to catch Milwaukee to take first place in the AL Central Division? I don't think so. I don't think so. God, I want them to, but I don't think so. I think it's a, I think it's a big loss, and hopefully it's shorter term than they're saying. Hopefully, when they say week to week, that's that sucks. Luckily, this isn't the NBA though, where week to week could be like you know the whole damn season. When it comes to the NBA, the NBA drives me nuts with that. Mike says. Don't know if anybody else caught this, but the second period I saw several instances where the Wild were caught flat-toed and were not very aggressive with pucks along the boards. Standing, looking for someone else to chase. Preds could have tied the game with a little bit of luck. Yeah, it could have. That's an interesting observation there, Mike. That's a a possibility. That's a possibility, I I think. Kind of scary when you think about that. Uh, That's kind of how the Wild have been at times, where they just get caught sleeping in certain plays, and that's where it beat them. But luckily... Nashville wasn't up to the task at that time. Uh, Ty Sandstrom, buyout Rask or Dubnik at the end of the season. Rask for sure, from what they're saying. Dubnik, yeah, I, I don't think he comes back with the Wild, but I don't know what else to do with him at this point. It's like he's in the way now at this point. God bless him, but he's in the way. You know, it's frustrating. Derek Felska tweets out uh, Justin Back's question. Junior production doesn't always translate, but in your eyes, how promising do you feel things are right now? Iowa's very good. Beckman and Hovenov on the verge of 100 points. Kakinen, goaltender of the month. Hovenov, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League forward of the month, and Fiala, NHL first star of the week. I think it's awesome. Uh, Fiala, obviously, is already here, and that's what makes it very exciting. So, obviously, he's the most exciting guarantee, so to speak, because he's being productive at the NHL level. I do think Hovenov has a future in the NHL. It's annoying how it just keeps coming up skating with both Beckman and Hovenov. Ugh, and so many guys. And Boldy. You know, it's everybody. up oh, skating, 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 skating. And you know how skating is a big thing. And that's why Gabrick was so good, because of his skating. The son of a bleep just couldn't stay healthy, which was so frustrating. <sighs> how promising do I feel things are? I think they're very promising. I mean, at least, see, what's happening is you have options. You have a chance. That's what's happening. Before... In the Doug Bleep and Risebrow days, there was just nothing. I mean, you look at the guys' production in the juniors and in college, and it was like, uh, and then the AHL was like, uh. But now you're seeing production from all of them. So at least there's a chance. So yes, that's a, an extremely, uh, extremely positive look towards the future. Uh, very positive outlook. Tom Han, I think these are all from the last show now. I think I have caught up. So thank you, God. There's one more. Jay Bushy says... 
Oh, nope, that was the one we already answered, the Fiala one. Game Breaker, yes, he is. And, okay, those are all from previous shows. Uh, oh, there's one more. Yeah, it's amazing how this doesn't... I wish this would go in chronological order. Sometimes it bounces around. Tom Hayden says, How does a situation like Donato finds himself in affect his mindset come unrestricted free agent time? For his production based on ice time, you'd think he'd have plenty of options. Yeah, oh, production based on ice time is unbelievable, isn't it, Tom? Oh, it's he's, his production based on ice time is pretty much number one in the league, actually, per 60 minutes. Oh, he's basically tops in the league in that, which is crazy. Obviously, he's not the best goal scorer in the league, but he does a lot in a little amount of time, which is you know frustrating for him, I'm sure. Uh, it's tough. It's tough to say. He might be an odd man out, but uh, I would hope we can be able to get a lot in return because, you know, you can't just give him away. That's the thing. This could also mean the end for someone else, possibly. But uh, if you're just worried about his back check, whereas otherwise we just want to grind out everything, you're not going to win a whole lot that way. Uh, this one I already answered. Okay, wait. Nope. How expensive is Fiala making himself, and will the organization be smart enough to write the check? They will. They will, Tom. Yep, they'll they'll be willing to keep him. Uh, with the way he's playing, there's like no question about it. They're going to be willing to keep him. So one way or another. Hopefully it's not too much, but it's going to have to be a lot at some point at the end of the day. Thank you guys for your questions. It's there they were. Uh, really appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it very much. You add a lot of layers to the show. It just adds another layer to the show to make it better and better. You're also welcome to call in as well if you want. Simply use the voice recording uh, application in any smart device on the planet. Press record. Treat it like a phone call. Save it and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. Otherwise, Twitter is perfectly fine. Hashtag BTWMN. Very, very cool there. Thank you guys always for being a part of the show. You guys have made this show a lot of fun for me. A lot of fun. It's a teeny bit longer, but who cares? The longer, the better if it's entertaining and it's fun and it's uh, talking about the team we love and the prospects that give us hope. The prospects that give us hope. That's what's super important because in the old days, pretty much forever, there haven't been a whole lot of prospects that gave us hope. It was just free agent du jour. You know, and then hoping for some kind of magical trade that almost never worked out. Almost never. Where maybe finally one did. And maybe now another one. <laughs> With two different general managers in the last 12 months. Pretty funny. Uh, hopefully this Addison guy works out nicely for the Minnesota Wilders. He's about 50 points now in the OHL. So good for him. WHL, pardon me. As he continues to uh, rise with the Hurricanes there. With that said, uh, been a long show once again. But I've enjoyed every damn second of it. Every second of it, it's been a lot of fun, lots of hope, lots of positivity, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with the head coach in the future, this and that, but I think I've said enough. Other than that, please write a positive rating on iTunes if you could. Uh, there was one there, and I better get to it right away before I forget. There was one there. I probably should have done it earlier, but I guess it usually is at the end of the show when I do this. And hopefully this loads up pretty quickly on Apple Podcasts. There it is. Great Wild Podcast. Kev Bear 66 Enjoy this podcast. I use this as my commute to work listen. Uh, as my commute to work listen. Great job. Thank you, Kev Bear. I appreciate that very much. Five-star rating. And if you want to help out the show, please do the same. Those of you out there that haven't done it yet on Apple Podcasts, if you happen to use that, uh, please write a positive rating. It only makes the show more attractive to anybody that might be looking at all the different brave, uh, all the different Minnesota Wild podcasts. Uh, this is the oldest one. This is the oldest one dating back to August 28, uh, 2018, 2008. So we're talking about 12 years of Brave the Wild at the end of the day. So thanks again, everybody, for being a part of this. 
We'll talk to you next week, and hopefully the Wild can keep this up and go prospects. Thank you.